Hallelujah. Well, we're going to look at uh, Philippians chapter 4 and 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 and 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Well, I should say this as you're turning there. So, um, how long have you been teaching the kids? The full seven years or? How many, how old are you now? Don't make me do math while I'm preaching. Okay, so Isabella has been teaching children's uh, ministry here at the church the whole time. And uh, even when she was a child. <laughs> and uh, so you can be a blessing at any age. I remember when I was younger, somebody told me uh, I, I was kind of witnessing for the Lord, and they said, oh, you're too young to do that. And I thought, why would any, now that I'm older, once I understood things, I'm like, why would you ever <laughs> tell anybody that? Uh, uh, my kids have been doing that since they were young. Evie, when we were, lived in Michigan, even, she, we would go to the playground, and, you know, you get uh, opportunities to minister to people and tell them about Jesus, and it's a tremendous blessing. So uh, Isabella has been a tremendous blessing, and we're excited to see her go. Uh, to, to our alma mater, uh, she's going to Tulsa, well, Broken Arrow technically, Oklahoma, and uh, going to uh, attend Rama. We don't know for how long, but we're not planning on her dropping out or anything like that. They just have different lengths of study. And uh, so uh, uh, you leave today after service. Yeah, so her car is packed in the back there, and it's somebody else's car. And so uh, we're very excited for you. And... Uh, it's a, it's a fun time. Amen. So I heard uh, Patsy Caminetti say, uh, when you're uh, raising children, you have to do it by faith. The children in your house, you have to act in faith. And she said, when your children become adults and they leave your house, you really need special faith. <laughs> she said, if you don't, if you don't, if you really grab hold of that special faith, then uh, uh, you could find yourself uh, manipulating and really acting out of fear. She said, you're either going to act in faith or you're going to act in fear. And so uh, you got to choose to act in faith because uh, if you don't choose to act in faith and consciously act in faith, then uh, fear will be right there. And uh, so, uh, you know, I'm not quite to that stage yet, but I receive it. I receive it. Even in their 50s. That's right. So, uh, you know, but there's nothing like believing God and watching what God can do and uh, releasing your children to the Lord and uh, for his trust and his care. He can do way better than you can. And so uh, let's look at uh, Philippians chapter 4. With that in mind, let's look at Philippians chapter 4. And uh, are you worried? Everybody didn't say amen. Everybody's like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Well, we're going to read Philippians chapter 4 in the New Living uh, Translation. And we're going to, if I find it in my notes right here, uh, we're going to begin reading in verse 4. So, do you know what verse 6 is, right? You know, don't worry about anything, right? And so, uh, 
we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning. But we're going to start with verse 4 because you've you got to have context. I know uh, I did get to see most of Jeremy's message, and so uh, I said, uh, we were discussing it ahead of time, I said, but read the verses before that. Read the verses before that. Because sometimes those can make all the difference in the world, uh, your perspective. Especially, you know, uh, you have to read the word in the light of the entire word of God. In other words, uh, you know that God is a good God, that he does good things. That he's not a, a God of evil, but he's a God of good. So if you read something, you're like, oh, God doesn't seem so good. Well, you might want to check the context and, and read a few verses before and after because God is a good God. And uh, until you, uh, the eyes of your understanding are open, you might not recognize that, but God is always, always good. And so if it's coming from God, it's good. And if it's good, it's actually coming from God. <laughs> so let's start with verse 4. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. So King James says rejoice, and again I say rejoice. I think he says rejoice in the book, book of Philippians about 17 or 18 times. Rejoice, 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 rejoice. So I think you could say the theme of Philippians is rejoicing. And so he said always rejoice. Again, I say it, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Well, if, if we have ever been, uh, you know, of course, like I like to say, we're closer today than we've ever been to the return of Christ. <laughs> and we, we say that tomorrow, we'll be closer tomorrow. If he doesn't come today, we'll be closer tomorrow. <laughs> but we live in a time when uh, there are many happenings in the earth that you could look at and, and kind of interpret and say, well, that really seems to be what the Bible's saying would be the last of the last days. And, um, you know, uh, we don't know the exact day that the Lord's going to come, but the Bible really indicates that we can know the times and the seasons. And it does seem like it's at least the times, you know, and I, I kind of am a believer that the seasons will be like September, October time frame, and I don't want to go too further in, into those things. But um, at least you could say it does seem like the times and the seasons when the Lord would return. Uh, and you begin to see these things come to pass. Don't get fixated and focused on the things. Set your mind on things above. Right? Uh, actually, he said, when you begin to see these things come to pass, he used the word Paul used here in Philippians. Rejoice. Because why? Your redemption is drawing near. You say, I thought I was already redeemed. Well, you are redeemed in your spirit, but I'm telling you what, your body is going to be changed. Hallelujah. Amen. I had a dear friend, a mama in the faith, go home to be with the Lord this week, and so I've been thinking a lot about her, and I've been thinking about her body changed, like in an instant, you know, she went up, she went up, <laughs> so I don't have to be sad about it, I can rejoice with her, because she's freer than she's ever been, and more alive than she's ever been, and so... Um, I've actually been singing a song. I have to resist singing it for you probably, but I don't know if you know the song, but ever since uh, um, we knew she was on her way to heaven, but she wasn't quite there yet, I just, I don't know. The Lord gives me songs sometimes, 
And uh, this song just started stirring in my spirit. It was, um, in the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. And uh, I just can't get away from that song, you know. And uh, we are the most blessed of all people, the people of God, because we know that this life is not the end. It's just the beginning. It's just a foretaste of glory divine. <laughs> well, I want to live in as much glory on this side of heaven as I can. Amen. And bring as many people with me as I can. Right? Why wait till you get to heaven to experience the goodness of God and the glory of God? And, you know, uh, you know uh, Paul said, speaking of Moses and having to veil his face, he's like, if the ministry of condemnation, that means the law came, God gave the law to Moses and the law condemned sin. He said, if that ministry of the law or the bringing of the law to, to the people of God, if that was glorious, he said, how much more glorious is the ministry of righteousness? In other words, uh, in, in that first interaction, uh, we, we could have felt condemned, like, man, I can't do this. Everything, everything I try fails. Every time I, I do this, it doesn't, you know, I'm just recognized I need help. And that had a glory to it. Why? Because you weren't left in your sins on that path, you know, like just blindly sinning and missing it and apart from God. He said, if the ministry of righteousness, what's the ministry of righteousness? That's the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he came and he said, you know what? I know you couldn't do it. And so every right thing that you have to do to get to heaven, I did. And I said, God, that's for them. And so how glorious is that? That he actually fixed all of your imperfections. That he actually took every... Uh, you know, whole religions are, are kind of built upon you have to do everything perfectly right or God will get mad at you and hurt you. And actually, if you don't do everything right, you know, uh, you're not going to have enough money and, uh, you know, you're going to be sick and, you know, it's all your fault. And so Christianity really doesn't look to us. Christianity looks to Christ. And when you look to Christ... It's really hard to find an imperfection. When you look to Christ, it's really difficult to see a sickness that hasn't been conquered that you haven't been delivered from. And so we look to Christ, the author of faith, the finisher of faith. And uh, we rejoice in that. And so he said, you know, rejoice. Let me tell you again, rejoice. Well, I believe the Spirit of God had him emphasize that because the tendency would be to not rejoice. Remember, he's saying this two verses, which there were no verses, so maybe two breaths, or maybe one breath if he had a lot of lung capacity, before he says, don't worry about anything. So before he even talks about your worry life, he says, rejoice. Again, rejoice. I'm telling you to rejoice. Let me say it again, rejoice, right? And so this is not Paul speaking. This is Paul yielded to the spirit of the God himself speaking the words of God. So God says, rejoice. Again, he says, rejoice. So in other words, then if I'm rejoicing, 
then I should think, huh, is this really rejoicing? Let me bump it up a couple notches. Some hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. There is, um, if you ever get a chance, you could go on, uh, on, uh, online and uh, download the Mark Hankins Ministries app. And it's a free app. If you don't know how to do the app, you can go on the computer and just get it on the computer. Or you can call and order. But they have a series, he has a series called um, <laughs> The Supernatural Power of Joy. And it's, it, it, it is so biblical and so true. Some people think, uh, they see people rejoicing and laughing and dancing and think, oh, we don't need all that. Those are just, uh, what do you call it? That's just their personality. That is not my personality. <laughs> Sometimes you know it's the Lord because you're like, that's the furthest thing. People would always say, I grew up in church and uh, different places, and people would say, now if you were at a ball game, you know you'd be up shouting and da 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 And I'm like, no, I don't do that, at a, even at a ball game. Like, I can't relate to what you're saying. I don't get it, you know. So I thought, therefore, I'm exempt. <laughs> uh, but I love the Lord and the leading of the Lord. And so uh, one day I was, uh, I lived in an apartment complex. Maybe they had like two or 200-ish apartments there. And uh, I was... Uh, reading a scripture, and uh, I went to, across the uh, apartment, I had some friends that lived there, they went to the same church as I did, and uh, they were in the military as well, and so uh, I went over to see them, and as I was walking back from their apartment to my apartment, I was just meditating on this scripture, and uh, this must have been, this must have been uh, September or October of uh, 1998, and so uh, I had been at uh, the first meeting I ever was in with uh, Kenneth E. Hagan, and I saw like uh, the people traveling with him, the Holy Ghost would fall, and man, they would dance in the spirit, and I never wouldn't even call that dancing. I was like, they were like shaking, or what are they doing, you know? And so uh, I was much puzzled, very puzzled by that, and so um, I'm meditating, walking back to my apartment, and I walk in the door of my apartment and I shut the door and it, you know, has a carpeted apartment and it had an area about half the size of this uh, rug that was tile, you know, so you don't get the mud and it was Georgia, so there's no snow really, but see, so anyhow, to keep it clean. And uh, I shut the door and all of a sudden, the anointing came on my legs and all of a sudden I started dancing and I was like... <laughs> I didn't even know what was happening, and that's not my personality. And I, I said out loud, because I lived alone, I said, what was that? <laughs> and uh, the, the Spirit of the Lord answered me right away. He said, that's dancing in the Spirit. So I got my first dance in the Spirit. And wow, it, it was such a blessing. And uh, so when you rejoice... You know, you get a, Dad Hagen said, there's a blessing that you get dancing in the spirit that you cannot get any other way. And when someone dances in the spirit, you can actually sense the atmosphere change in, a, in a, like a, 
a fragrance comes out from that. And uh, it's a tremendous blessing. All the things of the Lord are. And, uh, but it's supernatural. So there is supernatural rejoicing that you can actually have. Now, uh, that Hagen, you know, he had, uh, well, do you know you can laugh in the Spirit? You can be anointed by the Spirit of God to laugh. And man, I love that anointing. And I don't always know when that anointing is going to come. <laughs> you just like, it's just like you've got something bubbling up from the inside. But you know, you can just laugh on purpose without an anointing. And so a lot of the stories you hear of, of Dad Hagen, he would just start laughing because the devil is a liar. Well, you can start out just laughing because you think you're going to, you think I'm going to succumb to that? I'm a child of God. One day the curtain's going to be pulled back and everyone's going to see what a wimp you are. Ha, ha, ha. Well, you can start out that way and all of a sudden the anointing will come on you. You know, you can start out, you know, dancing in the flesh and all of a sudden the anointing will come on you. You dance in the spirit, you know? And so, so sometimes you do start in the flesh, but you can be like anointed to dance. And so when you rejoice, something happens when you rejoice. Rejoicing, we don't rejoice enough. Rejoicing is one of the most significant things you can do to get your mind right, to get even the natural chemicals in your brain to be at the right levels and function like they should. There is supernatural power in rejoicing. So he said rejoice. Again, I'm telling you, rejoice. Because, you know, the atmosphere will change when you rejoice. And I don't know, everybody has different uh, things to overcome, different ways that they... Uh, understand and receive things, but I'm so thankful for God's Spirit. He knows exactly how to deal with every single one of us and communicate to every single one of us so that we can receive. And when the Spirit of God communicates with you, don't even try to think like, well, I can't receive that. No. He knows your fingerprint. He knows the hairs on your head. He knows the whatever they do for iris scanning to get you into stuff. You know, he knows every detail of you. And so just follow his leading. And his leading will always, 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 always be in line with his word. So if you need a leading from the Lord and you're having difficulty, well, I wouldn't just say, Lord, lead me. I would even just pray in the Spirit, in other tongues. I would get the Word of God out concerning the area that I'm seeking the Lord about, and I would put a demand on the Spirit of God saying, Lord, 
You said that your spirit would lead me, teach me, guide me, show me things to come. I may, I may be imperfect. In fact, I'm pretty aware of a lot of imperfections I have, but I know that you are perfect. I know the blood of Jesus actually overcomes all of my imperfections, fills them out, makes it possible. So I'm asking you because you're a good God and you're a merciful God. In other words, just in yourself, you're good. And in your mercy, if I've made mistakes, I know or I don't know, then I know you can overcome those because you are a merciful God. So I'm asking you to lead me. Give me light right now in the word, from the word. The word and the spirit always agree. The word and the spirit always agree. So don't, your time with the Lord will not flourish if you're not a man or a woman of the word. You know, prayer time. In other words, you're not going to be mightily used in prayer if you don't come with the word of God stirring in your heart. The Lord will speak to you through the word, by the word, with the word. Uh, the more words you have, the more utterance you'll have in prayer, the more words will come forth. I don't mean like words like a word of the Lord, but the more, um, and, and even your natural vocabulary will affect what the Lord communicates to you. But you can understand that if you read the word, you go back, you know, it wasn't originally light bulb for Americans. It wasn't written in English originally. I like that lady that was uh, talking to Brother Hagin, and, and she said, you know, if the King James Bible was good enough for the Apostle Paul, it's good enough for me. <laughs> but you can look up, and when we have so much technology, you can look up the original meaning of the word. But remember what I said a few weeks before we went on vacation. You are not receiving the word correctly if you're receiving it as a law. You are, we are to receive the word as life. So I'm not looking for the law when I look at the original Greek word. I, I've got my, my spiritual antenna up from my spirit saying, Lord, what, what are you saying to me? I, I know that you're not against me, that you're for me. You know, that doesn't mean, um, you know, sometimes uh, the Bible talks about sacrificing for the Lord. So everything in the life of the believer is not about what I get and how I'm so blessed. Well, the reason that you're so blessed is because you're part of the family of God and he wants his family to continually and ever expand and to give that blessing away. And so uh, you have to sacrifice if you're going to be a Bible believer, a Christian who acts like the Bible's true. Uh, you have to sacrifice. You can't just always just veg out and read any old thing that you, your little mind wants to read, you know. Maybe I'm speaking to myself because I'm a researcher. I love to research and all, all stuff like that. But I'm also speaking to you. Right? So you don't have that privilege. You, you can't just say anything you want to say when you're upset at people. You know? 
The love of Christ overmasters us. King James says the love of Christ constrains us. Well, you can't just act any way you want to act and not respond to the constraining power of the love of God in your heart and expect that you're just going to live in the goodness of God and the blessings of God. Now, the Lord will forgive you. You turn back to him. You know, but I tell you what, nowadays, you get some road rage going on to somebody, they might pop you in the head with a bullet. You know, we'll be having your funeral. (laughs) So it's important to walk in love. Let love dominate you. Be constrained by the power of love. And so, um, you know, for so long, uh, religion really taught that if you're going to be close to God and what the world would call holy, that you're going to have to be uh, poor, drive an old car, have all these challenges, and that's the really holy people. Well, that's not true. But uh, also it's not true that the kingdom of God is about riches and glory. No, it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. (laughs) And so, so Paul said... Rejoice. Again, I say, rejoice. But, but what's the next verse talk about? Jesus is coming soon. And so in the times when we know that Jesus is nearer than he's ever been, not just because the calendar keeps turning, but we actually see events that communicate to us like, oh, that's in the Bible. Oh, that's in the Bible. Oh, that's in the Bible. And it says when you see these things begin to come to pass, lift up your heads and rejoice. So the theme of the end-time believers should be that of rejoicing, that we are those that rejoice. And uh, we ought to be known personally and corporately as people that are full of joy and rejoicing. Like, boy, they are the, they are the, the most full of joy of anybody I've ever seen. Do you know people really don't pay attention to you when everything is going right? What they remember is when everything's going wrong, what did you do? What did you say? Forgive me, guys, I'm growing. Do you get, the, you get it? You understand? He's like, don't draw any attention to me. I'm a behind-the-scenes kind of guy. Yeah, me too, but the Lord had different plans. Okay, so I was in such fear. Oh, I got in fear. I'm talking about worry, which is a form of fear, you know, a manifestation of fear is worry. Somebody said, no, I'm just a worrier. I'm not full of fear. Well, you just look to the root of that thing, ask the Lord to show you the root of it. You got fear issues. You got some fear issues. And so I grew up in a church that had about 80 people in it. And uh, then I went to a church in Georgia that had about 800 people in it. And then I I went to Rama and they had about 4,000 people that I'm talking attending. I don't know how members, but uh, so maybe the church I grew up in was 100 or something. But anyhow. 4,000 people. So I was like, that's a lot of people. The Lord put on my heart, I ushered for 13 months, and the Lord put on my heart, uh, I want you to serve in video. And uh, my brother always did audio, video. I never did anything like that growing up in the church. And uh, so that was not something that came to my mind. It came out of my spirit. And so I started serving there, and they put me on this camera that was on the stage. So I would be on a stage in front of 4,000 people and at special events in front of 6,000 people. Oh, I was terrified. 
Like, how am I going to do this? And I remember the, everything I heard from high school when you had to give a speech. They said, just imagine everybody in their underwear. And I thought, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. And so, so I would just be almost shaken, you know. That day you had to wear, like, full suit and, you know, loose pants so my legs were, like, shaking up there. And you're thinking, I'm going to make a mistake. And, you know. Uh, I thought, how am I going to do this? I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to forget that there's anybody else in this room except for me, and I, I'm just doing my job. And I'm not going to focus that there's other people, even though I have to get video shots of people and stuff. I, it became like a different thing. And so then I was kind of able to overcome it, and I could stand up there and not be so nervous. And um, I don't know if I have time for this, but I'm going to tell you anyhow. <laughs> so I had a camera and it will always be on my shoulder so I'm going around and so uh, there's many many blessings in that but anyhow I had a cord uh, and a guy that would they call him a grip that would help me with my cord which is of course where I started and uh, well sometimes everybody that signed up to serve in church doesn't show up and so my grip didn't show up and so, uh, you know, Kenneth E. Hagen's son, Kenneth Hagen, Kenneth Wayne Hagen, was the pastor of the church, and, uh, but Kenneth E. Hagen attended the church, the same church. And uh, so they would come in, you know, kind of where I was stationed right there. So I was getting my cord ready so I could be ready to go. And uh, I learned how to, like, grab the cord and swirl it like that. And I, would, I could go, like, from here, actually further than that mirror, I go from like here to here, and I could move that cord all the way over there. If I whapped it, you know, I'd go, and I could move it out of the way. And so for some reason, I was needing to do that, and I didn't look. I didn't look that way before I did it. I just thought, okay, I got to move it. So I'm whew, like this, and this big old coil is going like through the air like this, and um it hit Lynette Hagen right in the chest. Well, I was kind of happy that it hit her at first because I thought I hit Mom Hagen. I would have knocked her over, Aretha Hagen. You know, she was, she was uh, in her 80s at that point, and uh, I would have flattened her. And so I was like, oh, I'm glad I didn't kill Brother Hagen's wife. And then I realized I hit Lynette Hagen. Well, she's the one that, you know, hires and fires at that ministry. <laughs> And then I thought, oh, I am so fired. <laughs> I was like afraid to talk to her, and I'm like, oh. And so I said, I said, oh, Miss Lynette, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. She's like, oh, you know, and she's a very tall woman, and so she didn't say anything else about it. And so for like six months, I'm like waiting for this pink slip to come, <laughs> you know, and uh, never did come. So one time I said something to her finally about it, and she laughed so hard, and she said, oh, she said, I've been going all over the country and the world telling that story. That's the funniest thing that ever happened. Well, you think I'm just like making, you know, going back, reminiscing, but you know all the worry that I had about being fired, which was a legitimate concern. You think uh, Christians are all like, oh, just, no, no, no. I mean, serious stuff. 
She was laughing the whole time, and I'm worried about it. Well, so I kind of like did a, what Jesus said not to do is like, well, how do you think you're adding one minute to your day by worrying? You're worrying about what you're going to wear, what you're going to put on. Your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. So I have a question. That's in Matthew chapter 6. If, if our heavenly Father knows and we're worried about these things, number one, do we not know that he knows? Or number two, if we know that he knows, do we think he doesn't care? Or if we know that he knows and we think that he cares... Do we not trust that he will take care of us? Well, let me get you out before I get you so deep. <laughs> Romans chapter 8. If you live by the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you'll have life. What does that mean? Well, we all have flesh, and if you, if you don't learn to live out of your heart, out of your spirit when you're born again, your flesh will by default dominate you. And you won't act in faith. Even though you've already, if you're, if you're born again this morning, raise your hand. Not if you've been born again this morning. If you are a Christian, have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior? Just raise your hand. All right, put your hand down. So you have done the greatest act of faith any person could ever do, which is receive Jesus Christ and be made brand new from the inside that affects the whole rest of your life. So everything else is small potatoes. You already know how to believe. If you ever forget how to believe, just go back to, wait a minute, how did I get born again? I believed. I didn't see it. Didn't feel it. I might, I might have been aware of, you know, the convicting power of the Spirit, but I, I just believed and I received and, and that burden rolled away. And I got born again. And so, uh, you're a believer. You're not a doubter. You're a believer. When I see Dave, I always think vehicles most of the time. And so, if you have a vehicle... And you put that thing in reverse, and you try to go everywhere you need to go, well, you're going to get pulled over. You might get in an accident. <laughs> but it's going to be very difficult. And that thing will only go so fast, because I don't think they make multiple reverse gears normally, do they? Yeah. And so you got like first gear or something like that. I don't know what the gearing is, but you can't really drive real fast going backwards. Maybe 30 30 might be pushing it. Anyhow, uh, you can't drive real fast going backwards. Yet your car has the ability to drive forward in gearing that makes it a lot easier on the engine and uh, a lot better on your mileage, but you just have to stop, put it in neutral, and don't try to do this going down the road. You know, don't go from reverse to drive. 
without stopping. So you stop and you put it in neutral, then you put it in drive or however it works. I don't know, your shifter, or you push the button. And uh, you'll find things work a lot better to get around if you put it in drive. Well, that car that you've been driving in reverse the whole time actually has the drive gear and multiple drive gears. You just are not utilizing them. And so when you're born again, you, you've got all of the equipment that you need. Stop trying to do everything in the reverse gear. Just, just actually put it in gear. Maybe even push the overdrive button if you have an overdrive button. <laughs> Cars are so different nowadays, like everything that everybody's car has is, is so different. And so Paul said, rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. There is supernatural power in rejoicing. And when, when, you, when you are tempted to worry and to fret, uh, Amplified says in verse 6, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. Uh, Barclay translated that, and he said, we'll stand sentinel over your hearts and minds. Other translation says, um, his peace will come in like a garrison of soldiers into a turbulent country and quiet us. Well, what does that mean? Well, do you realize like uh, the peace of God goes beyond our natural understanding. But when you look up the word for peace there, the peace of God will come in it actually is denoting a peace that the understanding is not capable of receiving. It goes beyond. It's in a different world, a different realm. And so you actually get a supernatural peace from God when you take your worries, your anxiety, your cares, and you give them to the Lord. And if you're not thankful, you did not give it to the Lord. Uh, go, go back in uh, New Living Translation, uh, verse 6. New Living Translation, verse 6. So, um, because what? Well, faith is thankful. So if you believe, you receive. So New Living says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. I don't know. That's about my favorite translation of that verse because it makes it so simple. So you just ask yourself, quietly right now so you're not embarrassed if you get embarrassed. Self? Am I worried about anything? Because if you're worrying, you're trying to figure it out, take care of it, you're carrying the weight of that, which means God is not. So we need God involved in every aspect of our life, but especially in the things that we would have a tendency to worry about. So don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Now, the second half of that, you know, it's a paraphrase. It's really thank him that he's on the job. He's taking care of it. So July 3rd, 1933, uh, uh, our father in the faith, Kenneth Hagin, he used to be a, he called himself a world champion warrior. He said, like Timothy, you know, his grandmother, was it Lois, his mother Eunice, or is it the other way around, Eunice and Lois? Anyhow, you know, he, Paul said, I, I, I see the same faith is in you that's in them. 
And Brother Hagin said, I see the same worry that's in Grandma is in Mama, and I'm convinced it's in me also. <laughs> he used to travel. He'd drive at night because uh, the tires in those days uh, didn't stand up to the heat as well, and he didn't have very good tires when he first started out. So he'd travel at night, being from Texas, because they had no air conditioning. Oh, how blessed we are. Anyhow, so his tires didn't pop, and it was cooler. And his mom would be like, Kenneth, I'm worried about, I worried about you all night long. And he's like, Mama, you wasted a lot of sleep. <laughs> There's no reason to worry. So he said, you know, I used to, and worry is what kind of produces like depressed days, blue Mondays, they call them, or something like that, you know. And he said, so I, I just, July 3rd, 1933, I said, I refuse to worry about anything. I'm giving all my cares to the Lord, and I'm not going to worry another day in my life. And so, uh, what is the date today? Anybody know the date today? 14. I'm not worried that I didn't know it. And so, <laughs> so you can decide, August 14th, 2022. That's the day I just committed to the Lord and to myself. I'm not going to worry about another thing in my life. I'm just going to rejoice. Rejoicing will help you not to worry. And if you catch yourself, start to worry. Uh, sometimes, you know, uh, people come to pray with you sometimes. And people come to pray with me. Particularly, I remember when I was in Michigan. And uh, people would come pray all the time. And uh, the greatest challenge they had was worry. And they want me to get rid of their worry. I say, that's unscriptural. I cannot get rid of your worry. Only you can give your worry to the Lord. And literally, I mean, people stand in front of you. I said, so I, I, I'm going to pray a prayer, and you just agree with your heart and say it after me. We're going to give all your cares to the Lord. And they'll be like, I'm like, are you ready? And they're like, ah, ah, ah. I'm like, you can do it. I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can do it. I, I am not actually being too animated. I'm not making this up to, like, make it a good story. This is true. And they're like, would physically back up. And I'm like, they are, this thing is like, really got, I think, maybe there would be one, but I don't think, I think every person that came with that, we finally got them to kind of release it, but I couldn't release it for them. And, and you're a believer, you're like your default is to trust the Lord, but somehow, probably because life got real busy, and you just had to make a decision, and that day you didn't take time with the Lord through the Word or through prayer. You let these things to start to kind of grab hold of you. And maybe you've even decided, well, I'm never going to worry another day in my life. And then the next day or the next week, the devil saw to it that you had great opportunity <laughs> to worry. And you worried. And you're like, I'm just a failure. I'm worried that I'll never stop worrying. You just start where you're at. You know, forget those things that are behind. Press forward to those things that are ahead. Uh, Dad Hagen said, he said, I've had some marvelous opportunities to worry, <laughs> but I haven't taken advantage of them. And so the second you recognize that you're worrying, you just say, oh, no, I refuse to do that. And, and uh, you know, 2 Corinthians 4.18 or 4.13, we have the same spirit of faith. We believe, therefore, speak. And so one of the greatest ways to overcome worry is to speak and to say, I refuse to worry. 
I'm really tempted to worry right now. You know what? I used to worry about stuff like that. That's what you should say when you're starting to worry. You say, I used to worry about things like that, but now I just turn them over to the Lord. And those words coming out of your mouth are words of faith, and they'll actually give you the power and the strength to say, I am not going to worry about this financial situation. I am not going to worry about my children's lives and what's happening in their life. I, I'm, I'm going to pray. I, yes. uh, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Yes. So that's our lifestyle. Don't worry, pray. And when you pray, you're not just mouthing words. You pray to the point that you're thankful. It shouldn't take you very long, but if, you, if you're like the people I was talking to, <laughs> it might take you a couple minutes. But if you make it a lifestyle that you're going to live worry-free, well, then you're living by faith. Just refuse to worry. So rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. And then he said, after the peace of God comes in, something supernatural from God, he said, then check your thought life. What's lovely, noble, pure, praiseworthy, think on these things. I love the Holy Ghost. Because he not only gave us instruction to be free, and not just to be free, but to put things, think about it. When you refuse to worry, you give it to the Lord, you're not carrying the weight of that. The Lord is not only carrying the weight, he is freed up to bring the answer and the solution. How many times have you ever got so stressed and so worried that you really couldn't hear from the Lord because you got all this other stuff that's stirring around in you, and then once you finally had a failure and had to stop, you're like, well, that was a really simple answer the whole time. But I couldn't see it because I was so tied in knots from the worry. So just make a commitment August 14th, 2022, that you're never going to worry another day in your life. And as soon as you recognize worry, you're just going to go after it. Amen. Say, no, I, I refuse. So you speak words of faith. I, I used to worry. I don't worry anymore. I just trust the Lord. He always comes through. Amen. Stand with me. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Well, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, I want to give you that opportunity because um, I cannot imagine living a life without Jesus Christ and trying not to worry because you're kind of relying on yourself for everything or other people for everything. And uh, the believer relies upon the Lord Jesus Christ for everything, for direction, for help, for provision. And uh, it's not a horrible life. It's the best life you could ever live. It's not a religious life. It's a life of a um, special life-giving relationship with God himself and his son, Jesus Christ. God wants you to have that relationship. You, you, the way that you come into the family of God is not to clean yourself up, make yourself good or what you would consider good or other people would consider good, but it's actually to look at how good God is and realize you need him in your life. And the way he comes into your life is by receiving Jesus Christ, his one and only son. He said if to many as received him, that's Jesus, he gave the right to be the children of God. So when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord, as Savior, when you, what you're saying is, 
You're saying, I'm not going to live for myself anymore. I'm living for Jesus every day. What you're saying is, I'm not master of my life. I'm making Jesus the leader, the ruler, the master of my life. And I'm going to live my life under his direction. You're choosing to live a life not for yourself, but for others. And when you do that, God will recreate you on the inside. You'll be what the Bible calls a new creature. You'll be recreated in Christ Jesus. Your sins forgiven, washed away. You'll have a fresh start in life. Everybody wants a fresh start? This is a fresh start. Everybody wants a fountain of youth? This is the fountain of youth. Your spirit's renewed day by day. It'll even affect your body. But if Jesus doesn't come real soon, if you're older, uh, you'll go uh, to be with him. You get a new body. Amen. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth the lordship of Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I'm going to pray a prayer, and I'd like all believers to pray that with me. And anybody that would like to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, all you, all you have to do is say these words after us, but mean them from your heart. You might have to say them slow. If I was saying it for the first time, I have to say it slow, so I make sure it dawns on my heart. And God will hear your prayer. He'll answer your prayer. He'll recreate you and um, give you a better life than you could have ever dreamed. Let's, let's pray. Say, oh God, I believe that you are and that you are a rewarder of those that seek you. I believe that Jesus died on the cross and that you raised him from the dead so I could be saved and that I could be right with you. Lord Jesus, I take you as my Lord. I'm not going to live for myself anymore. I'm living for you for every day of my life. Fill me with your spirit to overflowing in Jesus' name. Father God, thank you that I am born again, that I'm part of your family. Thank you for leading me, guiding me, and providing for me. I refuse to worry. I give you all my cares. I'm not going to worry another day in my life. If I catch myself worrying, I will be quick to give you those cares and live free in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So write that down.